take one. Right. <laughs> so um, I want to charge more, but I don't feel confident that I'm worth it. Part two. <laughs> yes. All right. That's what, that's what we're talking about. Um, I did. I did mention uh, last time we had a brief episode on it. Uh, so by the time uh, this gets edited, that will be live. Um, so I'm I'm excited about that because uh, we we mentioned um, we both don't really remember exactly what we what we talked about. But what we did talk about was uh, uh, how how the time as a coach is valuable. You know, and sometimes we don't perhaps recognize how valuable it is sitting with a coach, sitting with somebody who's just so tuned in and focused on what you want. You know, sometimes uh, the uh, results and the outcomes they can manifest later as we sow seeds uh, during our work. Uh, but even just having somebody who's interested in you and is is a good listener is, is such a valuable thing to do. So I'd I'd love to pick up on on that and. Uh, and yeah, um, put a bit more, uh, a bit more flesh on the skeleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, I, I love personally this this metaphor of like even if you would talk to a lamppost, right, there would be benefit to it, mm -hmm. right. And if, and coaching brings so much more. Yes, you you know, it's creating that space, right, uh, creating a safe space where someone can actually talk, right. Just the talking, I think, is is really helpful. Um, But you know, a coach is is you know can create that non-judgmental space, right? And a coach can come really from that loving place, really wanting the best for the client, but at the same time, not there to please the client, but to serve the client, right? To ask the questions that no one else is willing to ask. Like friends and family, they love and care for the person, but often what's missing is that you know that level of honesty, right? The level of, you know, the level of directness without, without really, um, yeah, without criticizing, right? Without, I think there's so much, there's so much that comes within this coaching space. It's, it's, um, you know, I think there's, it's really magical. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I think what, what a beautiful thing is that coaching in itself, like, I don't think the coach is magical, right? It's, it's the coaching relationship that's created between the coach and the client that's really magical. And yeah, when we just put an hourly rate on it, I think we're doing a disservice to it, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. And an, an hourly rate also uh, is often sounds a lot more than when you put your prices in relation to what comes out of the coaching. So it's not just like a, a package in in the kind of technical sense, but if you put your price uh, for this relationship for these next three to six months, perhaps, or even a year, six sessions, three sessions, whatever the intervention is, whatever the relationship is. Um, if you're selling a potential, you're selling the potential of this person to do something or to become someone different. And that's the potential you're selling. You're not selling a certainty because the other person needs to do the work. You know, you have a shared responsibility in terms of holding that space but you cannot take all the responsibility for creating that person because your client is that person that needs to create themselves. You know, we cannot control their behavior. You know, we can inspire and motivate and perhaps even make suggestions if we're that kind of coach, but uh, we cannot control our clients' behaviors. So I know there's some coaches out there who, who feel that if the client doesn't get the results, 
then I didn't do a good enough job. Well, it's good to ask yourself the question around, could I have done more? Could I have done things differently? Could I have served this client better? Um, opened some doors, uncovered some more blind spots. Is there something I'm missing? But it's a shared responsibility. And mm -hmm. most of the responsibility is with your client to, to create the work. So if you put your prices uh, in relation to the potential of what they might do or who they might be at the end of this coaching relationship or as a result of this coaching relationship, then that's something you can put a price tag on. And to be honest, still now, I think the price tag is almost always a lot higher than what coaches are charging, you know, and even at like 10, 20, 30 grand uh, coaching engagements. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think you're spot on, right? Because if we, if we really think about, if we take an example of, you know, someone, um, someone wanting to lose weight, something as simple as that, right? Mm -hmm. and, and someone comes to a coach and says, hey, look, I've tried this. I've tried this diet, I've tried this diet, I've been trying this for years. And there's, you know, whenever I look in the mirror, there's, I feel, you know, a lack of confidence, I'm re really not happy. This, just this little thing, right? Well, we say it's, a, I'm, as I'm saying it's a little thing, but it can be a huge, can have a huge impact on the person's relationship, can, a huge, can have a huge impact on their career, right? So if you look at that and, and they come to the coach and the coach says, okay, great. We can work on this. Let's, you know, we can dive deeper. We can, you know, go to, you know, where this behavior is coming from, where those beliefs are coming from, right? Where those assumptions are coming from. If, if we go deeper and, and the coach can actually help this person, you know, change this, right? Um, yeah, if, if we would ask anyone, right, in that situation, like, what would this be worth for you? Mm -hmm. Most of the time, they will say it's priceless, mm -hmm. right? And whenever I was hearing that, in the, like when I started coaching, some people were saying that. And I thought, oh, well, they're just saying that because they want to charge a lot of money for coaching. But actually, we don't even bring pricing into it. And we just really ask people, like, what would it be worth it for you if you would be able to change this or if you get this result? Mm -hmm. They actually really say, like, yeah, it would be priceless. Like money wouldn't be able to really, money wouldn't justify this, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're, kind of indicating towards because coaching is so impactful right I, i've coached one person for only three months right i think that there were 12 sessions and he went from you know being shy not having any confidence to to you know building like a high level of confidence becoming president in his uni university organization taking a lot of opportunities starting a business right now he has a successful business and is married he would never even see himself in a relationship. So imagine that, imagine the impact of just those few sessions there. Yeah. I mean, I experienced myself the first time I paid uh, three grand for six sessions of coaching. I thought, what the hell am I doing? Um, it was a real stretch. And six weeks later, I had my return on investment because I had put my prices up, which was really long overdue. And I had done some work on it, but I just kind of needed and I needed something. I needed some knowledge. I needed to think some th things through. I needed to uh, to have somebody to be accountable to. I needed to tell someone I'm going to do it with the next client, no matter what, you know. And that's uh, you know. Then my prices went up, and after six weeks, I had my return on investment. So that was a worthwhile investment. And I really like that question around. Uh, some uh, coach once mentioned uh, the they asked if I had a pill, 
you know, once you do that kind of future pacing exercise and you ask your client, well, imagine yourself in the future, you engage all of their senses. So they have an experience of what it would be like to be them in the future. You know, if they can see it, they can smell it, they can hear it. And you ask them, well, if I had a magic pill that would create that, how much would you pay for it? You know, then they might say priceless, but they might also put a price tag on it. But certainly would probably be more than, you know, 100 pounds per session, 600 pounds for six sessions. You know, whatever it is, it's probably more. So uh, asking your clients, engaging them in a conversation around value is a, is a really cool way to kind of put prices up because usually what they would say if they're honest uh, is more than what many coaches would charge, especially at the beginning when, you know, no doubt many coaches at the beginning are already creating a powerful space because they're so focused on their clients. Yeah, yeah. And I think you mentioned, you know, just briefly in the beginning, but another thing that happened when we talk about hourly rates, people start naturally comparing that to something else. So for example, you know, if I'm, if I hear a coach is charging 50 pounds an hour, I might think, well, I'm only earning 20 pounds an hour in my job. Right. And I have all these qualifications, mm-hmm. right. What does, what why is this person charging so much? Or we start thinking, we start comparing it to different things. And that yeah. doesn't really serve the relationship either, right? Yeah. So people start thinking, well, wow, that's a lot of money for an hour, yeah, right? And so when we move away, right, when we go towards packages, right, we can also kind of, we can slowly start moving away from the hourly rate. Again, there's nothing, there's no judgment if you are charging per hour. There are some good coaches that do that. But really in, in the bigger picture, I don't think it's really, you know, for coaches that want to, you know, again, this is my experience, right? I think if coaches want to really be impactful, really build a business that serves them long term, you know, you you do, um, you know, you do yourself a much better. Um, it would be better for yourself to charge in packages, but also for the client. Because mm-hmm. what happens is, right, the client starts moving away from thinking, oh, in the, within this hour, I need to see hundred pounds of value, mm-hmm. right? Because then they just actually say, like, okay, well. There's a process to learning. There's a process to change. Sometimes the seed is planted within the first session, and mm-hmm. it's only the shift will happen when the third or fourth session, or it yeah. could be within the eighth session. Right? Yeah. And That's on top of that, like, on top of that, yeah. a lot of the shifts happen between sessions as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and there's this commitment. I remember like having my first one year client, right? And five months in, she said, you know, like, you know that you know, this thing is really, I enjoy coaching, but it's really hard and I'm not seeing the results. Um, and she said, is there a way to get out of this? And I said, hey, look, you know, the contract's been really clear. There are no refunds. And she, she paid the whole thing up front, right? And there was a bit of like, I felt a little bit uncomfortable, but then I remembered one of the things that, you know, uh, I learned from my mentor and my coach. And he said, you know, look, it's, it's you know, trust the process. like. Mm-hmm. stay with the process and i thought to myself hey look in in 12 months at the end of our contract if for whatever reason she still feels the same i'll, I'll figure something out i'll maybe like give her more time or give her a refund right and this is my first time and guess what at the end of the 12 months she thanked me and she said hey you know i'm so glad that you didn't give me a refund mm-hmm. right she got everything she wanted and more but it came through that process because she had to change so much. There was so much happening within that within that coaching relationship, 
right? And again, this is an example. It doesn't need to be always 12 months. It could be three months. It could be six months. But it's, you know, we, we all have, you know, like there's different things that people want, right? But there are so many layers that need to change. Sometimes it's years of conditioning, years of habits, years of thinking that needs to change. Yeah. And the, the commitment is so important. I often say that money buys commitment and commitment buys change. Uh, what really helped me, and I, I think I have a feeling I might have mentioned that last time, but that uh, for me, it was a really important shift to see that the money, the, the fees, the coaching fees are not necessarily for me. Actually, most of that is not for me because like, I, I just spend that money, you know, but for me, the most important uh, part of the fees is that my client is invested. That creates commitment. And that kind of commitment creates the change that creates the energy yeah. that creates somebody to stick through a difficult, uncomfortable time when they're in a deep state of learning. Learning is not comfortable. It's it, like some people love novelty. A lot of people really don't. It's an uncomfortable space of not knowing, of uncertainty, of change. You know, they, they come with a, a discomfort. And a lot of people try to avoid that kind of discomfort. And if they, if they pay by the session or they pay very little, it's very easy to get out of it. Yeah. Um, I do... I do make, I did make a little list at some point about what can help people, uh, what, what influences coaching fees, right? And a few mm -hmm. of them we've, we've touched on already. We've touched on uh, what's the client's uh, return on their investment. What is the value that they're walking away with uh, when you coach them? And, and you can put a price tag on that. Um, we are, we are mentioned, uh, um, we mentioned uh, phrasing it as a package, Uh, in relation to what they're getting. Um, there's a couple of others that I just wanted to kind of uh, walk through because I, I found that it's really helpful. Uh, one that we kind of touched on is that it's not the service necessarily that we are uh, offering in that hour uh, that makes the coaching valuable. It's also what we've invested into getting to that kind of stage. And math was my friend when I did that exercise because I looked at what I could have been earning if I wasn't a coach, you know, what if I went, uh, would have gone a corporate, corporate route, you know, what after however many years you've been into this, or even the job that you had before, what would you be earning? You know, how much is your time worth? And that's a really interesting question that you can figure out by what would you be doing otherwise, because that's how much your time could be worth. Um, mm -hmm. And also how much time, how much do you want your time to be worth? And that's literally a choice. That's a choice that wasn't really in my sphere of awareness. Um, I realized I could just choose what kind of lifestyle I want to live and how much money I need for that. Um, there's insurance, there's rent, there's uh, you know a mortgage, um, there's stuff you buy, uh, food, clothes, maybe a car every 10 years, um, holidays, um, insurance, training, you know, supervision. You put all of that together And you figure out how much money do you need in order to live your life in the way that you would like to live your life. And then you look at how many clients can you see during a typical week of yours? You know, some of you will have uh, part-time jobs. Others might do it full-time. Some only have two evenings a week. So how many clients can you see and how much money do you want to make with that? And then you can do the math and figure out what a, uh, a, a hourly rate would be. And then you pack that into a package. So that's one of those aspects uh, that can really help. Mm. 
another one I have is um, is market rates. You know, uh, there is some research uh, in, for example, a state of play in European mentoring and coaching uh, in 2017. Jonathan Passmore and some of his colleagues um, um, published some surveys on what coaching rates are in and outside of organizations or funded by the organization or funded by individuals. Um, there are some, um, not as many as I would like, uh, but the ICF also uh, does some research. Uh, it's not as clear as I would like it to be, but coaching rates they vary considerably, but there could be one of these indicators that could help you figure out what you could be charging. Um, and I remember a moment when one of my students told me that they're charging 75 pounds an hour going up to 90. And at the time I was charging 50 and I'm like, what am I doing? You know? So just that comparison with what other people are charging, um, not just the ones who are super visible on Facebook and charging 20 grand for a coaching engagement, but ask around. You know, uh, tap into your community, ask your coaching colleague and get a bit of a sense for, for what there is. And I'm sure you will have something to say that around Sivash, because I, I know uh, you looked into uh, what kind of rates coaches charge. And I think coaches who, who go through your school tend to charge a lot more than a lot of the coaches I know uh, in, the, in the community. But like around market rates, well, what, what, do you, what do you think there is? Yeah, I think it's good to look at I mean, it can be helpful to look at what others are charging. This, this is one of the things that helped me raise my fees because I, when I started researching, I saw that, oh, there are, there are actually people that charge, you know, initially I saw that in the UK, there were some people that are charging 25, 50. And then when I, when I looked further, I saw in the US, there are people that are charging 100,000 for coaching and there, there's someone else doing 150, right? And, and then there's Tony Robbins that charges a million for eight sessions and has a waiting list for a few years with, you know, Barack Obama on the, on the waiting list, right? Um, and while those numbers might seem like huge, right? But what it does for me actually showed, I, the reason that's I think useful for coaches actually to, to look at is it changes our references. Because if we only see like coaches charging 40 pounds an hour, right? So we think that's, that's the only thing that's there. But we know that there are coaches out there that charge that much, there's also, there are also people that pay that much, mm -hmm. right? So, um, yeah, I think looking at market rates are useful, but then again, coming back to where you are in your journey. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's finding that balance between, okay, what am I willing, what can I charge, but also like, where am I in my journey? Mm. Yeah. Right? There, there is no pressure to run ahead of yourself because it's the same thing, right? Like I can see that, oh, all my friends are running a marathon. So screw it. I'm going to sign up for a marathon and I'm going to just get injured because I've not even done a half marathon. Right. Um, you know, so you can kind of like sometimes go ahead of yourself and mm -hmm. actually it, it can kind of put you a few steps back. So what would be useful is actually to put that in comparison, like, okay, well, what's going to really help me? Like looking at your example, right. You're very experienced. You've done a lot of work on yourself. And there are a lot of coaches that, invest so much in coaching and becoming better and all these different certificates and you know they do they're continuously investing in professional development and you can see i i one of my clients has been a coach for eight years and when she started working with me she's charging very little right but that's that's sometimes you know well i see this actually a lot and and that's where we actually need to see like hey you know what mm -hmm. my skill levels here the amount of value i can create for clients here yeah. But, you know, my my level of fee, my fee is here. So for those of you that are listening, I'm just kind of demonstrating with my hands 
how high your skill level is comparison to your price level. And, and it's never going to be equal, but what we want to do is raise, raise the fee a little bit. And actually, yeah. from my experience, this also helps the, client, the coach grow, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, and there's, and there's one more thing that I've wrote down, right? I think you mentioned something, and I think that's such a, like, just that if people would get that, it would really, uh, just that one insight could be uh, really, um, could really change how they think about this, right? Money buys commitment, commitment creates change, right? One of the things that, again, this is from different from coach to coach. For me, like integrity seems very important. I don't want to necessarily price myself different for every individual that comes through the door. Mm-hmm. But what I do, and this is something that I read from, from a few different coaches. So I thought, hey, it makes sense. Right? So sometimes when someone, like most of my group programs, they're, they're, they, my group programs always stay the same. And sometimes after six months, we increase the fee or after 12 months. But with one-on-one, I do look at who's in front of me. But then I have a transparent conversation and say, hey, look, my normal fee is maybe around this. But looking at where you are financially, Right, mm-hmm. I don't think that would really commit to you. Yeah. Right. And th- and this is one of the reasons I've actually been, you know, I've been playful with that. But I've had uh, in the past, I have doubled my fee and really created that level of commitment from the client. And they've they've, you know, and I can and again again, it's creating that communication, that level of transparency. But they've committed to that, and and it was magical because right. of the level of commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you draw on, you draw on quite a few of the, uh, of the themes in my list as well. And I just kind of want to underline some and then maybe add some because uh, uh, one of the factors that play into fees to get that level of commitment is to take into account what your clients have in terms of, not just in terms of how much they earn, which is an indicator of how many resources they have access to, but resources they have access to is, uh, I, I sometimes phrase it in that way, or um, especially in the beginning when I had a sliding scale, um, I had to phrase it in a way that it's not just about how much do you earn, because somebody might not be earning right now, but you know they have huge family assets. Uh, maybe they have a rich uncle who wants to support them, or you know they have other resources they have access to. So if you charge somebody, you know, even if it's uh, 20 grand, but uh, if you charge 20, but Jeff Bezos, 20 grand for six coaching sessions, he's not going to be very committed. He's not going to take it so seriously because, you know, um, maybe he is, you know, so I don't know him. Maybe he takes uh, that very seriously, um, but uh, there's, there's a, there's a spectrum, right? So I have, I have two slots where I work with people with how much they can afford but I asked them to put 10% on top of what they had in mind, you know, just so it's a stretch, a little bit of a stretch, you know, because that gets the extra commitment out. Um, The other thing you mentioned is experience and skills. Uh, The more experience and skills you gain as a coach, the more money you can charge. I I think that's only fair. Fairness is a high value of mine. So I think it's important that we take a bit of a look at the level of training that we have um, and the level of experience that we have. Uh, not just in terms of knowledge that we can put on the table, uh, but in terms of uh, experience in coaching skills, in holding space, in having access to the right questions at the right time. You know, that is worthwhile, you know, and and you invested a lot in your coach training and in not working another job. Mm -hmm. So that's really, really helpful. Um, Also, I think what should be in this list is uh, the cost of acquisition. 
you know, do you spend on advertising or do you spend uh, on um, uh, networking, for example, events, conferences you might go to to meet people, um, meetups that you go regularly to, maybe you pay for them in order to meet potential clients, uh, tickets to community events. Um, you know, what are you investing? My, my brother asked me that at some point. It's like, what's your what's your cost of acquisition per client? And I had no idea. You know, it's still difficult to say because like I'm I'm not a super structured kind of coach uh, in this respect. Um, mm -hmm. But as soon as you start to invest in advertising, you will have very clear numbers. This is how much I invest. This is how much it costs to set up. This is the monthly investment. How many leads do I get? How many of those do I convert to clients? And then you can do the math and you can say, For every client that chose to work with me, I spend X amount of dollars, pounds, yen, euro, whatever, uh, in order for them to get them into my room. So that's really helpful to kind of factor into calculating your fees. And uh, another thing that you kind of touched on is how much are you comfortable with charging? For example, I know I, I could charge more. And I know there would be clients to pay that. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would pay more than I currently charge. It's just that I'm really happy with what I'm currently charging. I think it's a really yeah. fair amount. I can live really well of it. Uh, I have all my needs met and I'm comfortable with that. I feel comfortable saying it out loud and proposing it to people. Um, that said, you can become more comfortable with pitching a certain number and it happens quicker than you might think. I remember once I put my prices up significantly, I felt crazy pitching it, you know, and then six six pitches later, I felt I could probably pitch more because it, it felt comfortable. And I realized that the commitment I get from clients, the extra commitment is super worth it. You know, so sometimes you just need to go out there and and do it and become comfortable just by repeating it in your head over and over again, you know, pitching it to a colleagues, friends of yours. You know, just to be comfortable saying it. Um, Rich Litvin talks about that a lot. Just like say it out loud as, as long as it takes for you to feel comfortable putting it out there because almost everything will become normal the more often you do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's understanding the concept of comfort, right? Mm -hmm. If you say I'm charging a thousand, you know, after a while you get comfortable. And if you say I'm charging two thousand, after a while you get comfortable. And I, and I think, you know, so the level of comfort grows with practice, right? And again, we can slowly grow that by going towards the edge of our comfort zone. But I think it's also important to understand that every individual is different. You know, if we think about being in a flow state, flow state right, it's kind of like the balance between skill and challenge. And what I've personally noticed for myself, but I've noticed that also with, uh, with a lot of coaches I worked with, is that after a while, when their level of skill is growing, you know, when they keep working at that same level, the level of challenge decreases because they just get really good at coaching people at that level, right? And, and what I've noticed is that, and it's not always the case, but what I've noticed is sometimes by increasing the fees, they, they start working with different types of people, the level of challenge grows in according to that and they get more into the state of flow, mm -hmm. right? They get more enjoyment out of their work because now, again, they feel a bit of challenge. They need to spend a little bit more time preparing for their sessions, you know, thinking more about how can I, how can I, you know, how can I solve this? How, what can I do to help this client, right? Mm -hmm. What can I do different? 
Because if we just have the same conversation again and again, if we work always with, this, I mean, no individual is the same, right? But if you kind of like, if you, like what's happened for me in the past is just, I got bored. I'm really passionate about coaching. <laughs> I really love coaching, but the same kind of people were coming and I was just like, okay, well, it's getting a bit boring here, right? So sometimes that helps. Sometimes that level, increasing the fear a little bit actually increases the level of challenge and sometimes it's a perceived level of challenge right because 10 such 10, 10, yeah. 10 clients later you feel again okay well what's happening here right so it's not necessarily the, the only indication of course it's about also going within connecting to your purpose connecting to like why are you doing this right it's not just about the money but i think it's also good to pay attention to that like hey what is happening here why am i not preparing yeah. for my sessions why am i just going into yeah. it because sometimes you know the level of money that you're charging becomes too little yeah. based on, based on the level of skill and le level of experience so so you actually you're you're buying your own engagement but you're yeah, getting yeah. you're getting paid exactly. for it <laughs> i think the level of commitment that you talked about right it goes both you know, ways yeah it goes both ways right sometimes you know your coach's commitment decreases based on what they're getting paid mm. Yeah, I hadn't seen it that way. That's super interesting. Uh, also, two two other things just came on my mind. Uh, one is uh, is um, time spent outside coaching, you know, especially in organizations. That's often why organizational rates tend to be three times higher, roughly, than uh, life coaching rates. Uh, obviously, it's not a very clear rule, but that's in my experience. That's usually what happens. And um, part of the justification for that is not just because there's a much more tangible kind of outcome uh, in terms of performance and profit for the organization, um, but also because there tends to be more time spent outside of the coaching session, you know, to write reports to HR or to um To uh, um, to get the engagement in the first place, there might be a bunch of meetings uh, with the organization beforehand. Uh, you might have gone uh, done a few lunch and learns in order to build relationships. Um, so that's mm. that also plays into it. Um, plus, uh, for some coaches, depends on the coaching style. But I know there's a lot of coaches out there who do share their expertise and their knowledge with their clients. So, for example, uh, I know a lot of the coaches from the positive psychology field, and uh, part of what many positive psychology coaches do uh, would be to share some of the knowledge that we have from research, share some of the interventions, share some of the, the practical exercises that somebody could do to raise their level of well-being and happiness. And this is something that they have invested in knowing. You know, they have spent time knowing this stuff. They have a lot of experience, what works, what doesn't work, what works for specific mm -hmm. people. So as soon as you put something on the table and you have a bit more of a consultancy or mentoring element to your coaching, uh, uh, more guidance, more direction, um, then that's something that is uh, very valuable and that you can charge for. Um, also, when you're one of the few coaches in your niche, you know, if, you, if your niche is quite narrow, uh, as an existential coach, there's not a lot of us. There's not a lot of particularly uh, existential yeah. coaches. So there's less coaches available. That makes me more valuable. So I can charge more for that just because I have more demand for something that is quite specific. And by the way, I'm, I'm going to put that list into the show notes uh, underneath the YouTube video or the uh, podcast uh, info. Um, so you, you, see, you see it bullet point by bullet point. And I've just added two as well based on what Silvash was saying. So thank you for that. And uh, what I would absolutely love is if somebody's listening to this and uh, you're kind of statistically formula uh, passionate 
then I would absolutely love if, if somebody could create some form of spreadsheet template or formula where people can fill in some of those numbers and come up with a suggested uh, hourly fee or a package fee. That would be so cool. I'm, I just don't have enough love for formulas and math okay. <laughs> and spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think like there's so much that we've mentioned and I think there's a lot to, to take away here. And, and one of the last things that I want to leave coaches, but there's more an invitation is to, you know, not just look at the number, but look at the reason behind it. You know, as coaches, we, you know, we look at our client's stories and we look at why they do things, right? We, we look at their patterns. And I think it's great to also to challenge our own stories and challenge our own assumptions about why we do what we do. Because often when you ask someone, like, why do you charge this much? It's, you know, you hear something like, oh, well, that's, I think, how much people can pay. Or that's how much, you know, that's how much I should charge. Right? So there's, there's different uh, reasons behind it of course if you say like hey this is i charge this because i enjoy charging this it's different right so but challenge your own stories and assumptions and what's really the reason behind that yeah. and what's the reason underneath that because sometimes it's you know we we say okay this is what i want but is it really if you you know if you go a bit if you slow down a bit further is it really what you want yeah Cool. Hey, let's leave it here. I think we've been going for a while. Uh, I noticed our yeah. episodes are getting longer, um, but there was a ton of value in there. So uh, thank you, Sivash. I hope you guys enjoyed this. And uh, I hope we see you for the next episode. Thank you for being with us today. I appreciate your commitment to learning and growing as a coach. Just a few things before you go. First of all, we're doing this for you, so if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, do send us a question. Secondly, we're not doing this for profit, so we rely on your support to help us reach as many coaches as we can. So if you can send this episode to a friend or tell a fellow coach uh, about what we're doing here, maybe you can subscribe or leave us a review, or even support us on Patreon. Um, that would be amazing. And lastly... You can find us across all major platforms, so uh, whether you like to watch or you like to listen or you like to download episodes and listen to it uh, in your car while you're driving through somewhere with no internet, uh, you can do so too. Um, and that's it from us. Thank you and I hope to see you next time.